Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the Americans' perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Carn, and Mike Steenstra. All right, welcome to Rooster and the Devil, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. Can you tell us thanks a little bit? Um, so, Logan Gadula, 23 years old now, getting a little old. <laughs> Feels like it, but uh, from Connecticut. Went to school Wake Forest, played some academy soccer, and now um, made my way to Charleston Battery. First time down south, really, playing some soccer besides college, but this is the farthest south I've been, so I'm liking so it you, so far. Uh, quarantining in Charleston then? Yeah, yeah, didn't get to go home, but I think it's uh, safer down here than it is uh, up in Connecticut. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, actually, uh, I'm from Jersey originally. It's pretty crazy oh, really? up there. And I'm in Maryland now, which, you know, it's definitely high on the, the case yeah, case scale, whatever you want to say. Are you uh, yeah, exactly. quarantining alone? No, I have my uh, roommates to keep me uh, less bored, but there I'm you go. mostly bored. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, training? Are you trying to stay fit? And what is that looking like? Yeah, we're uh, at first I was just doing uh, workouts on my own. But then uh, our team started doing some Zoom exercises. So we do them every day at 10. So God, that's right. the that's the kicker. <laughs> I mean, what's that experience like? Uh, it's hectic. <laughs> Every it's, uh, it's a lot of people on one call, a lot of no- different noises, <laughs> not a lot of room to to do a lot of things. Yeah, I, I did one with my family last night for the first time, yeah, and there's yeah. like, you know, I got four siblings and my parents, and it was yeah. crazy with like six people. I can't even imagine a full team. Mm-hmm. And like someone yeah. is someone yelling out exercise instructions to you. <laughs> yeah, usually we just keep our mic muted. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, well, would you mind telling me about your youth soccer experience? Uh, you grew up in Connecticut. Yeah. So I grew up in Connecticut. Um, I actually started playing soccer around two, three years old because my mom was like, she worked in a gym, and it had an indoor soccer field. So I would go over there and I'd play. When she was at during like when she was at work, so I I was playing all day with yeah. people older than me, three four years older than me. Just I just learned to walk and I learned how to kick a soccer ball at the same time. So that was that was the start of it. And once I got there, I never played another sport again. I played soccer year round from day one. I never played any other sport competitively. I played baseball for a little bit, like rec baseball, but that was boring. So. Baseball is boring. That was, yeah. that was always my take. <laughs> so I, I uh, we moved towns around third grade, and I went to a town like where the soccer scene was big. I started playing travel soccer right away, and then someone mentioned uh, Oakwood, which was a academy, a developmental academy. They just got an academy, so I joined Oakwood in sixth grade, and then I played Oakwood all throughout. Um, around like fifteen years old, I started playing in the academy academy with the u16s um i got like invitations to play for the revolution at you fit like at 15 to play in their academy but at the time no one really knew what a homegrown was yeah yeah like well, what year was that about that was probably 2012 2011 
Yeah, like it's, it was, it's my understanding the academies are pretty young in MLS in general. So it's probably, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like it wasn't like they were pouring out homegrowns like they are now. Yeah. And that, like the trend, like college soccer was very big. I would go to UConn games all the time. Huh. So like I went to my first showcase around freshman year, and that's when I started to generate some interest. And then uh, the recruiting process for me was. I didn't like it. I didn't like the visits. I didn't like talking on the phone to the coaches. It wasn't it wasn't for me. So I only visited two schools and it was really early in the process. And then sophomore year, I ended up committing to Army. Yeah, I thought I think I ran across one of the uh, YouTube video where you you went to Army for a little while. (laughs) Everyone mentions that. Yeah, sorry. It's like one of the first things that comes up. Yeah. um, Is that a project for school or something? Yeah, well, it was a project (laughs) at Wake. (laughs) But um, I I committed there. It was that was mostly my mom's influence. She had a lot to do with that. And then the fact that I didn't really like the recruiting process, I really wanted it to be over as soon as it started. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did commit there, and no one in my family had been in the army. It was it was just like you weighed the benefits of it, and then the fact that like at that age, I didn't really watch MLS. I didn't watch like professional soccer in America that much, so I didn't know what the landscape was, what my chances of playing professional soccer were. Yeah. That wasn't on my mind at the time. It was more about my future. And like, obviously that school for people's future is very, it's very good. I don't, it didn't fit my personality. I'm not someone that takes orders very well. Sure. But, um, were you in the soccer program there? Yeah. So they have a soccer program there, which I had no idea about. So I researched that, did all that. And I, I kind of fell in love with the head coach. He was very similar to me, I feel like. And that's what really drew me in. And then, um, by junior year, I had a, like I started to break out on the academy scene. Had like eight, 18 goals. I was playing. I was a nine. Huh. I was like I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah, I was like a ten or a false nine. Is that what you played most of your club career? Yeah, I never played defense. Never. Was played. that just because you were one of the better kids on the team, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd say like the way I played, like it was more combination play, possession, and that wasn't really a thing in. Connecticut or those clubs like you'd always see the Red Bulls youth academy teams like those teams playing like that yeah so yeah, I, I mean our setup was always like I mean we had like a stopper sweeper situation yeah. and then like yeah. stuff never like, even hear those terms uh yeah in professional soccer exactly yeah. so um I had a good junior year a good senior year and uh my coach came up to me and was like you should probably think about decommitting like there's some bigger schools that are interested and he named like a Wake Forest because he had a connection with Dane Brenner. Bobby Muse coached at UConn, so he was becoming the new head coach. And my mom wasn't having that. She said I had to honor my commitment. <laughs> so I Plus end up mom. The, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I end up going to the prep school at Army. Huh. So like a lot of the athletes go there that couldn't like get like they have high standards for their SATs and their GPA. So. You do one year there and you automatically like will get in to the main school if you just do the work and stuff. Gotcha, yeah. So I went to the prep school. You still do like the boot camp for three weeks. So no phone, waking up 4 a.m. every day. Like that's kind of stuff. It wasn't physically for me. It wasn't hard. It was the men, the mental part of it. Yeah. So I went through that. And like at that point, like that's when I felt like depression, like for the first yeah. time. 
what is this feeling? And um, I called my mom. I was like, I, I can't do this. And then at one point, like, my mom was like, no, you can do it, blah, 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 all that yeah. stuff. And I was calling coaches. I was talking to my academy coaches, trying to, like, find a way out with other, like, another place to go to. And by the end of it, it got to, like, March. And um, I they told me that I wasn't going to get in because they said that it didn't seem like I wanted to be there and be uh-huh. in the Army for the five years after you graduate. Yeah, I mean, that's a yeah. hell of a commitment. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. be playing professional soccer right now, exactly. I would imagine. So at that point, it felt like, oh, like I'm, I'm screwed to a sense. Like, it's March. Uh-huh. Everyone's committed to other schools. What's going to be left money-wise, spot-wise at all at a D1 school, especially better teams? And I remember calling my mom and she was like, well, you could always do like something D2 or D3. I guarantee you they'll take you. And I was like, mom, <laughs> that is not happening. Like that is so out of the question. <laughs> so my academy coach helped me out because he's he used to coach at UConn. So he had a lot of contacts and he told me, make a list of te- like schools you would, you're, you would be interested in. Like always, my mom was like, you're good. If you want to play D1 soccer, you want to go to a school that's expensive, like you're going to have to pay for it yourself, which like I understood. That's just how I grew up. Like you got to yeah. earn your Fair money. enough. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I like always was in love with Wake Forest. I watched their videos on YouTube all the time. So <laughs> I put Wake Forest down on the list, but it was like, yeah, just, like, like a long shot. Around. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's like it was $63,000 a year. It's March. Like how much money do they really have to offer? And I put it down and he was like, that was like the first one he, he recognized and was like, I know the new coach like really well. Oh, that's amazing. So then everything got rolling and I visited a couple schools, didn't end up visiting a lot of schools because they were too far away. <laughs> and then uh, I went to Wake Forest and I met with Bobby for the first time. It was his first visit that he gave a athlete on campus is going his first year and uh, I stand the, he was probably nervous a little yeah. bit like. <laughs> yeah, he probably hadn't given a recruiting visit in a while yeah and uh I sit in his office and I just see like a national championship trophy the ACC stuff and I just fell in love with the campus and like I think a week later I committed and was in school at summer school like three weeks later and it just happened so fast and that's like that was probably like the biggest time of my life and like that's when i i was like wow that's destiny. it's crazy i mean how different your life could have gone yeah oh yeah it's like that's that right. one you know cliche fork in the road but yeah. and like one bad thing happened where i thought like it was over and but it that's what i guess that's what god wanted to happen that was the path that i was supposed to take sure so uh i got a couple questions in there were your parents athletes um my mom was actually a really good athlete she played softball but Again, like the, she didn't like like love the sport. Sure. So like college, she ended up going to Bryant in Rhode Island, and they wanted her to play, and she was like, "No, I just want to focus on school." And then my dad was a like all sports, like every sport. So he played soccer, and he has a he has a crazy story about soccer. But he played in high school. His last game of the season, his friend got in a fight. They had a bench clearing fight. Uh-huh. He punched someone in the face, and then they sued him because he almost went blind in his eye. But he had a full uh-huh. ride. Purdue at the time was trying to make a men's soccer team. So uh-huh. he had a full ride to go to Purdue, and then that went away, and he ended up at Bryant. Gotcha. Huh? That's how but he played. played. So he played in college, though? 
Yeah, he played in college. He played basketball, baseball, and soccer. It's it's interesting because I've talked to a few of you guys now, and it does yeah. seem like there's a common thread of uh, parents or athletes or like yeah. even you guys are second generation soccer players. So now we're getting that like second generation yeah. parents like the game, then then they come in and you already know the game a little better than than their generation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, anything else from youth soccer that sticks out for for you? Um, like, did you know the game tactically? Were you, were you taught that? Uh, taught the game well at that point or, or would you say like more of that learning experience came at wake later on i think i learned one style of play like very well during academy like later in academy I, like kevin bacher was a really good coach and he came from a uconn program that was well known and did well back then but i think because of the players we had mostly it was more athletic less skilled more, less soccer iq sure so I didn't fit in with that group, but like that's why I was a ten. I was like that focal point. Yeah. But it was more we sat in, we defended, and then we had athletes to press and get forward once once we did that and got won the ball back. So it was a scheme that worked for us. Like we were the first Oakwood team to make the playoffs my sixteenth year, and then we made it again my eighteenth year. Huh. So it definitely worked well and I learned from that. But then once I got to wake, I think I learned the game on a whole different level yeah yeah so uh, did you get much time uh early on or and, and what was that experience like freshman year I mean, did they stick you at so you played right back for for wake right yeah but i came in as a 10 right yeah. and jacory hayes was there so jacory hayes is actually dallas now huh. and in my opinion he was a junior captain he i think in my opinion he was the best 10 in the country yeah <laughs> oh but it's 10 a hard position to come yes in, so i I come in and I have to play behind Jacory Hayes, which I'm not. I'm not saying anything. Yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I would practice there on the second team. I'd start at the ten, and I'd get some minutes if we were we played well against teams. But in preseason, it all started like I was training well in preseason. Bobby had came up to me and was talking about how like he could see me being in the eleven. Like I I had the skill and I was a good player to be able to be in that that top 11 but he said not as a 10 like that's a spot we don't think you'll get many minutes this year and we see you long term at one position that you could be very good at based on your characteristics and i had never defended before ever defended and i just remember this moment vividly like it was like one of our preseason routines we do like a 90 minute match or like a 60 minute match and it's like a fitness thing but the balls are lined up there's no like stoppages in play he put a starting back line, and I was the right back. And then they played the attacking, the first the first string attacking team. Uh-huh. And the left winger was Jack Harrison. Yeah. I never <laughs> defected before. I was like, oh, my God. Let's say after that, <laughs> I didn't start. I, wasn't, I didn't get the starting job. Were you bummed to play uh, right back or, like, play defense at that point? Because I, I, growing up, I was, I was like, yeah. I want to score goals. That's all I cared about. Like, if someone yeah. tried to stick me on defense, I'd probably start crying. Yeah. As a freshman, <laughs> I, I, I thought I'd be bummed, like, just thinking about that. But then I was like, I saw all the guys around me. I was like, I just want to be on the field with these guys. Yeah, and I, I think that's a difference, right? Like, yeah. it's your full squad. You guys yeah. kick ass. Like, so I was like – and then, like, once I did start playing right back with them, it was like, it's not this – I felt – like for me, I feel like I'm a right wing back. Yeah. Like I didn't defend as much there. We kept the ball a lot, so I got to attack a lot. 
it's it was, creative it was, creative position and I, yeah. and I think I saw somewhere you like like being creative in the final thirds your yeah. your thing and like right backs tailor made for that right now yeah exactly so like like as I was playing the game I you saw more of these professionals that were becoming that modern that modern fullback yeah like the Trent Alexander Arnold the Danny Alves those guys that are very creative in the final third and they're doing very well for themselves in that position they basically changed the way you view the position yeah like so once I saw that I was like oh, okay this is this is more fun than I thought it would be <laughs> who was uh who was starting in front of you at right back those first few years um, it was Chris Rees, but in preseason they were going to play him at center back with mm-hmm. Kevin Pollitz, and they were going to move me to right back, and then that's what Jack Harrison, he said no. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did you just destroy you in that part? <laughs> no, that was – I never defended. I didn't even know what to tell my right mid. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole other language back there. And that – he was he was an unreal player. Yeah. That, was, that was my boy. <laughs> It'd be dirty, but that was my boy. So – you said second team. I'm not even familiar with the second team concept in, in college. Do you guys like play the other school's second team every time there's a game? <laughs> no, we just like in training the 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 starting eleven would train together. Like uh-huh. or they'd train against like the second team if we did like if we played or we did a drill like that you can have eleven v eleven. Gotcha, gotcha. Is there like a JV team in the <laughs> No, club soccer though. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, so tell me about when you first started to break out into the team and and like what it was like getting on the getting on the field and maybe some of the memorable games you had. Uh, the I think the breakout really started with my freshman spring. So the season ended and we had the spring season, and I got the starting right back job and I got, I kind of just ran from it with it like from there. Um, I had been practicing at the right back like the end towards the end of fall and. The spring went really well, and I did really good well in the position. I just kept progressing, and then uh, sophomore year is when it really, I really took my spot in the squad and did well with it. And that's the we made it to the national championship that year, won our first ACC championship that's in sick. Yeah. 27 years. So that was, it was definitely experience. I played with a lot of good players, and I mean, the right like looking back on it, right back. The switch to right back actually helped me out a lot. Helped me go higher in the draft. Helped me get drafted because you see a lot of American tens that it's very hard to make it. Yeah, just I talked to Bruno and he was talking yeah. about just you know all the DPs in MLS are are number yeah. ten, so exactly. it just makes a lot of sense. But hard, so. I mean, do you miss it at all? Do you think oh yeah. Still, like, is there any chance you'd go back to it at this point, or are you pretty much cemented in the role as a? Although I saw you're playing center back in in Hartford. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't know about in Charleston, but maybe I'll play some different positions here. Maybe some winger. Oh, winger. Like, yeah, some center back. That was an interesting experience. Never played that before. Yeah. <laughs> but being in the center of the park, it, it felt natural. So. Yeah. So you got one game in for Charleston. Is that right? Yeah. We only got one game in. Yeah. Did you play? Yeah. I actually had to play left back because huh. uh, I think our left, our starting left back was hurt. So. I switched over to left back. They had someone else play right back, but that happened plenty of times at Wake. So, gotcha. So, uh, backtracking a little bit, you went uh, number thirteen in the draft overall. So, like, what was it like getting drafted? I mean, it's got to be kind of an unreal experience. And yeah, FC was, Cincinnati. Yep, FC Cincinnati. Gotcha. And um, they were, that was their first ex- year as an expansion club. Yeah, gotcha. That was 
that was a surreal experience. I think that's one that I'll always remember. Yeah. And it sucks that they stopped doing the live draft because I think for a player, like, you get drafted and you, you grew up watching the NFL draft, the NBA draft, and that's the experience. Like, that's exactly what it's like. And it's it kind of stings that that's not a part of it. It kind of shows that, like, yeah, the draft might dissipate in, in the end. Yeah, it's changed. Thing. And it shows that trend. But that was that was definitely the highlight. I think, like, the low light would probably be the combine was very stressful. Like, it was yeah. just the air in the room was stressful. Like you could feel it. Well, what's the experience like? Are they just running you through drills? All these scouts are watching? Yeah, like, all the coaches are there from every team. Like, you're in a hotel room where you go outside of your room, and you're going to see a coach. Like, you're walking stiff. You're not saying a word to anyone else. Like, you're trying to get to your room into lunch and to back to your room. And for me, it wasn't as stressful because I was on all the mock drafts online and yeah, I was high up there. Like I had a lot of interviews and stuff like that, but like you have a roommate, like it's not always, you don't always have the same experience. So some of that stress and that it comes out, it comes back onto you. You're yeah. Like, I mean, you can imagine like people are fighting yeah. for their future. <laughs> yeah. And like you have friends, you have friends there. Like I had Brad Dunwells there with me from Wake Forest. So like you want them to do well and you want to think about yourself at the same time, but it's just like a hectic experience. And I think everyone has a different experience with it, but it's definitely stressful in its own ways. Sure. But so it was, uh, I mean, how did you find out? Like were you waiting at home with your agent and family? And, um, I actually went to the draft. Uh So it was in Chicago and my parents came, a couple of my friends from home got flights, which is really cool. And so we went to the draft. It, it was on a Saturday, I think. It was like during the day, and we we went there. And Brad was there, so Bobby was there. Bobby sat with me and my mom, and like Brad was a couple, like a row behind me or something. And they like uh, I saw Caleb Porter call Bobby because Bobby's right next to me. And Caleb Porter calls him. He goes in the back, talks to Caleb Porter, and he's like, "Yeah, they're interested. Like they want to take you, but they have the 18th pick." And I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah. it might be a little more longer because it was like at the 12th pick. You line. at least got the guarantee then. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not slipping below this. Yeah. You got to feel a little better. <laughs> and I, like going to that, I had a range that people were telling me I'd be at. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to wait a little longer. But like when you know like you can go in this area, you're still anxious. You're just waiting sure. for it. And uh, you're just all like my being agent. sent to a random city too. Like your whole yeah, life's going to change from this. <laughs> And my agent calls me and he's like, all right, just hang in there. Like it could be, it could be a little longer. Like anything could happen. I'm like, Oh God, like <laughs> that call. I was like, I was on edge all of a sudden he hangs up the phone and Cincinnati had just picked me. And I stand up and I literally had no idea what to do, <laughs> but he was, he was pulling my strings there. He knew he, he obviously got the call first and then they picked me and then it was just a whirlwind. Like I blacked out. Well, what is the next day? Like, do you fly immediately to the city? Like, like, cause I know NBA players, they usually get picked and yeah. then fly and do like a tour and everything. Like, so we, we had a, to go to a rookie symposium the next week. So we had to fly to Arizona uh-huh. and then we had to go to Cincinnati right after that. Gotcha. So we had a rookie uh-huh. symposium and then, so Arizona or Chicago, Arizona, Cincinnati, right into preseason. That's crazy. Yeah. And so it was just like a whole whirlwind. Like 
you do the speech, then you go back and you talk to the media, you take pictures, it, and then you're booking your flights like with the the travel coordinator. <laughs> it's crazy. And you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. The life of a professional athlete, like you guys flying everywhere and like oh, I've never been games. So places. <laughs> I one. bet. Is it fun? It, it's fun until you go to some places that the USL has to offer, some El Paso. <laughs> yeah, USL is some strange cities, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there any that are cool that like you wouldn't think were cool? You got there like, whoa, like this is kind of awesome. Oh, in the MLS, I, there were some cool ones that I didn't think were going to be as, as cool as I thought they were going to be. Yeah. Like we traveled to Toronto and I knew like Toronto was a big city. But I love Toronto. Like, huh. everyone was just so nice. It was really di- diverse. Um, Birmingham, I thought, was nicer than I thought it would be. Huh. Memphis was nice. I haven't, I, didn't, I haven't been that south, so. Yeah, Memphis is cool. I, I have gone to Memphis. Never Birmingham. Now, that wouldn't be one I'd pick. Yeah, I, I wouldn't suggest it. It looks yeah. nice. Yes, <laughs> Charleston's a nice spot to be, though. Charleston is nicer than I thought it would be. And did you live at home in Hartford? Uh, no, I lived like 45 minutes from Hartford. Gotcha, so right. they had a place for me, but I went home a lot to get yeah, some yeah. meals. <laughs> so, so that first year, it seemed like, you know, a little bit tough. Uh, you got loaned out that first year Yeah. to that, that when you went, you went to Phoenix. Yeah. I went to Phoenix and, and I, then, but you weren't getting time at Phoenix, right? Yeah. But so what was that like? I mean, that had to be yeah. mentally horribly horrible. Yeah. I came in there and they, they really wanted me to come on loan. So a lot of the other rookies had options like, oh, you could go here, you could go here. Yeah. But then like there was a deal with Phoenix where they really wanted me to come on loan. Like I was supposed to be the starting right back. And, and I get there. End of the right at the end of preseason. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So they were at the draft. Obviously, Phoenix was because uh-huh. they're associated kind of with LAFC. Gotcha. And like they were looking at me really hard, and uh, they really wanted me to come there and like be that right back. And I get there, and my agent had told me like they didn't have a right back i was supposed to be the guy i get there and they have a right back that's probably just turned 30 years old and he played at crystal palace for eight years ah what's his name so he's a veteran yeah what's his name uh mustafa dumbaya he's at uh uh-huh. Tampa Bay now cool all right but he's cool very, for you at the time but like yeah i know but he was, very, he was a cool guy um and then i had actually had an injury at cincinnati at the end of preseason I had like kicked a ball. I was kicking balls and like I felt something in my quad, but I had never had like a muscle injury. So I kind of told them like, oh, I think it's just like tight. Like I'm sure you just didn't know. Yeah. It like that. And I went on loan and it started hurting even more and more. Mm -hmm. And we were still in preseason. And then they finally looked at it and they're like, yeah, you probably have like a little strain. So I I dressed for the first game with Phoenix and we're at San Antonio, but I'm, I'm, I'm on the bench because it's still, it's still hurting, so I'm like, I, I'll, I'll travel and I'll be a part of it and see what it's like and stuff like that. And then after that, I was telling him, like, it's not getting better. It's getting worse every day. Like, after I play, it would get worse. So yeah. I got an MRI, and I had a, a grade two strain. So it was like – or it was you were out for some, some weeks. Yeah, I was yeah. out for uh, a month and a half. Yeah. So I did like some recovery there and then I ended up going back to Cincinnati. So that's how the loan ended. It wasn't like, oh, you're not getting playing time. Like gotcha, it was gotcha. injury yeah. and then like, oh, you have to get back from injury and these people already have their place in the squad. 
it's got to be devastating your first injury that's a, any yeah. length of time is your first professional season yeah exactly so so then it, you got recalled to Cincy yeah and you, you dress for a few games there right yeah dress for a few games there would go back and forth kind of with Hartford and train with Cincinnati go to Hartford get some games in if I wasn't playing is that the relationship Hartford Cincinnati uh not really but like I wanted like once I saw Hartford got a USL team I wanted to be able to go there to, you know and be home like near home yeah yeah so because phoenix was a ways away and it was like an experience that didn't like it was it was different for me but like the team i loved the team and like it was a really obviously a really good team so it was i was honored to be <laughs> a part of that team but yeah yeah so then uh hartford you went what like uh end of january or, or like middle middle of the season middle of the mls yeah. season yeah i went for the middle of the season and Played there for like a month or two and then went back to Cincinnati, was getting in the 18, stuff like that. And then went back to Hartford just for like a couple games at the end. Gotcha. And then this year, you did you do uh, preseason with Cincinnati? Um, so, yeah, I got re-signed and I was doing all the workouts in the postseason. But I knew right when they picked up my option, there was like it was like there was like a kicker to it. Um they picked up my option. They told me like, we picked up your option basically to keep your rights. Gotcha. Like we, like you're not like you're not a like they had. I came into that squad in a, not a great situation. Like the draft is all about kind of luck. Like where you land if you fit in the system. Yeah. They don't have many people at that position if they're thin at the position. Mm. And I think like they saw the potential in me, and they, it was more of a long term project. But I came in and they had two starting right backs, and. I, you learn real quick that the MLS is sports, professional yeah. sports, business. Yeah, yeah. I so mean, every player you have says a lot invested in these players. Like, you're gonna give them a chance until it works out. You're gonna yeah. see your investment out. So, Alvis Powell was there. Matthew Duplan was there, and Matthew Duplan was starting. Alvis Powell had been a starter in the MLS for five years, and he was the second string. And then the third string was Justin Hoyt, who you could see uh, he played at Arsenal for a long time. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, tough. So, that's tough. And um, so it just wasn't like the situation I thought I'd be a part of, like be in at that time. And then the new coaches came in and said, you're not a part of the plan next year, but we picked up your option because we know during the draft you were you were value, valued by a lot of teams. Like if we let you go, we could have there be a chance of we, us losing you for free. Yeah. So that was basically the kicker. And they picked mm-hmm. up my option and they basically said, like, we're looking to trade you. Gotcha. At that point, they were looking to trade a lot of people on the team. They cut. So, they, yeah. Yeah, they had a bit of a rough first season, but uh, yeah, and it, then uh, the coach, <laughs> that whole situation. Yeah, happened, that, but, that scenario. And yeah. That that's probably the hardest thing. My rookie year is that the fact that we had so many coaches, and you can't really. It's hard to connect with each coach. As a rookie, and then the fact that you're on loan, so you're not even really there. Yeah. So that was like that was a difficult time mentally like it was like what do i do like but you can like i learned a lot from that year and like i can only control what i can control so that was that was the big thing for me and um the trade like the market really for trading wasn't there for the rook for a rookie like me but it like it was slow on their part on cincinnati's like for everyone like you could tell that they're trying to trade a lot of people or get rid of a lot of people probably a new process for them right yeah, like they exactly first year in the league like i'm sure process wise is just a little yeah. bit tough to figure so out so they had a new gm too so 
at one point they told my agent like you could try looking for trades and there was teams interested and then something else would happen or another thing would happen and then it like it all just broke down and i'm getting ready to go to preseason with cincinnati because at this point there's no trade in place yeah and um they call me and they're like the numbers wouldn't like work out if you came like you wouldn't get as many reps as you should yeah so i sat at home for another two three weeks still waiting on a trade just working out waiting on a trade trying to figure out where i'm going to go next and all this stuff happened there would be a team that was interested in bringing me to preseason but then they were like oh they're not going to sign anyone they're saving the money for a big time player they're just going to bring in a like a usl guy to practice with them to be a number and then they're going to find a big guy like that and i was like okay so it's I just so weird how much control you don't have of that situation. Yeah, exactly. So and like by the time Cincinnati waived me, preseason had already started everywhere. Like they were two weeks, three weeks in a preseason, and I couldn't go on trial. Like if I had got, if I didn't get my option picked up like normal, like normal players would at the end of the year, like they could go on trial to another MLS team for the next preseason. Gotcha. I didn't get that opportunity, so it kind of felt like that sucks. Yeah. So, but like you had to live with it. And then USL teams that already started preseason, I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to find a team. And then Charleston popped up real fast. And uh, I was talking to a lot of my old coaches from Cincinnati and they were interested in bringing me in. But obviously, like when it's that late, the money's not always there. Sure. So I got a good deal from Charleston. I like the city. The coach has a lot of experience in the USL, obviously. And they send a lot of players up to the MLS. So, Ozzy Alonso players like that. Gotcha. My, so, I mean, were you planning on uh, slotting into a starting role with Charleston this year? Like, yeah, game? So that was, like when he talked to me, that was basically all. Like, that's all he said was like, "You're the guy," and that that was that. I took that and I was like, "All right, let's go." Yeah. So at this point, I feel like you just want reps, right? Like, yeah, reps. Given and, an opportunity yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just wanted to go to a place where I could see myself become going into the MLS next year. He talked a lot about how. He wants whatever's best for me. So, if if I go to the MLS next year, that's what he wants. Like, he, he, I'm not stuck here. And obviously, he wants to see players go on to the the next level. And this is hopefully just a stepping stone for me to go back up to where I think I should be. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be uh, like it's cool to dress for some Cincinnati games, but to yeah. get that close and like not put your toe on the yeah. field, like like yeah. you got some work to do. I, I would imagine, or yeah. you know. Um, so what do you think the chances are that you would have made MLS this year? Like, were you just one injury away from, from another call, you think? Yeah, I think I just – a different situation I would have – I think I would have gotten an opportunity in other teams. I think there's there are other teams that give those rookies. Like, they give them a chance and they actually – they perform. And I think once I would get on that pitch, I could I could show them what I was about. But I guess, like, the opportunity was never really there. Sure from the beginning so i mean you happens. see it happen like on all levels of soccer like yeah. the right coach has to give the player a chance like yeah there's a, there's an alternate reality where harry kane was never given a shot yeah. at being like and now he's one of the world's best strikers yeah. so it's all it's all crazy all relative and it just the coaches that were there the coaching stuff that was there from the beginning were, were the ones that were really invested in me and then i had another coach and another coach and at that point it's everyone at in the club is always worried when a new coach comes in because everyone had soccer is a very opinionated sport. It's not always t- statistically driven like basketball or, or mm-hmm. baseball. 
where you could look at statistics and be like, oh, I want him on my team. But it's very opinionated. Styles change. And huh. Interesting. That's what you, I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, right back it is like mm-hmm. Charleston. That's what you'll be. That's what you'll be at the next level when you get there. I, I think so. Yeah. Right back, right wing back is probably depending on the formation. But yeah. Gotcha. All right. Um, so I don't think I have any more questions specifically about your career, but I wanted to see if you were a fan of any other squads out there in the world. Ooh. Um, I was, I am a big Man United fan. Uh, I loved Cristiano Ronaldo growing up. It's very entertaining to watch. I was, I was mad to say the least when he left for Madrid and I'm not a Cristiano Ronaldo fan anymore. <laughs> no longer. <laughs> He's, I mean, with the ball at his feet, uh, oh. it's hard not to like him. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I'd um, say Messi, what do you think I of the team right now? How, right how do you now? think they, yeah. Do you like Ali? I mean, the whole, I want the whole thing. And I should warn you, I'm the rooster on the podcast, so I'm the Tottenham guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what'd you ask him? Uh, like, what do you think of the squad this year? Did you watch oh, much oh. Premier League? United? Oh, I, I, sometimes I, a lot of the time I can't watch them. The last, <laughs> the last four years. Um, we need Jaden Sancho. That's one. <laughs> um, I Rashford. Uh, he's having a. He had a better year this year. I, in my opinion. You don't love Rashford? I I did love Rashford, but I think he, he should be a, at a level near Mbappe. Is was his tra- trajectory for me? Mm, that's pretty tough, man. <laughs> uh, I think we need a true number nine. I don't think Martial should be playing the nine. I thought Martial at the well, latter did. part of the season was playing very well. Yeah, I did too. I'd like to see where you say that. But I, I, I like it like a true nine because I think when we had a true nine like a Van Persie, or a Rooney, and stuff like that, we did we did very well. Yeah. But I like I like the young guys that I like McTominay. I like Williams at left back. Yeah. Like I, I like that they're bringing in a lot of youth guys, which is good. Are there any uh, right backs that you idolize around the world? Oof. I, so a left back I really liked was Marcelo because in the final third he is disgusting. <laughs> um, I like Juan Basaka, but he's not as attack. He's like just a lockdown defender. Yeah. But Trent definitely Trent is a good one. But Danny Alves probably growing up was like even before I played right back was a guy I was like wow he he changed the position for me. Yeah. So, do you think they would? Uh, you think Manchester United would be playing Champions League football if the season was still going? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think they could. I think yeah. I think mm. it seemed like it. I thought yeah. they were at least in line for the fourth spot, like yeah, or fifth spot, let alone the fourth uh, yeah. spot with Man City. Yeah, that what they do. Man City that that would have helped us. Yeah. But, um, I, I, the Premier League's changing. Chelsea's changing, and Tottenham. Yeah. Changing. Yeah. Wolves. Yeah. Sheffield United having like a random good yeah. year. Leicester's doing well. So it's changing. But Man U, they definitely need to change change a lot of things in my perspective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're growing up like when you were younger, they were just so oh. dominant. Yeah. The, the devil on the podcast is always. He's just yeah. complains all the time. What do you think about Tottenham? Uh, it was a crazy year. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought Pochettino would leave as quickly as 
he did. And keep in mind, I'm new to the sport. So like, I didn't yeah. know managers were just in and out constantly. Yeah. And you think a guy that built the program for five years would have got a little more time. I didn't think he'd be gone like that either. Me neither. That was unceremonious. And then yeah. Jose just like in the door the next day. Yeah. Felt dirty. Felt that, so dirty. dirty. He's had so many chances. <laughs> and Jose just complains like, like they have a ton of injuries for sure. No doubt about it, but like all he does is complain. He, yeah. all, he wins a lot everywhere, but he always leaves the program in shambles. Like you know, yeah. how, uh, left you guys. <laughs> I don't know. The weird thing about this uh, the coronavirus situation is how many players are going to be full strength. So if there was oh, a, yeah. a season at the end, of, like in the summer, like Tottenham's going to have Harry Kane and Sonny and Sissoko yeah. back. Like I don't know, they could definitely make a run at that Champions League yeah. if it comes back, but. Oh no! Yeah, they have. I think they have one of the best squads in the the EPL. Oh yeah, who do you like? Uh I like, I like Deli Ali. A lot. I mean, Lucas Mora, last year. <laughs> yeah, that Champions League run was the best sporting experience of my life. In my opinion, Christian Eriksen was there. I liked him the most on their team. That's who I fell in love with first. Yeah, I just loved the way he played. So he had a fact, terrible year though. Like yeah. I love Erickson. Yeah. So good. My favorite player the last couple seasons, but watching him this year was Yeah. Like it's amazing what a change of scenery could possibly do for a player too though. You, you yeah. see that all the time. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So uh we end Rooster and Devil with a rant. Anything soccer related that you want to get off your chest. <laughs> uh we don't give you any time to prepare, so it's usually, you know, oh, off the cuff. God. Anything on your mind? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that we need to start practicing soon. <laughs> I need to practice. I'm bored. We all need to practice. We need to watch other sports. I want to see the NBA playoffs. I want to see the MLS start again. I want to see the USL. I'm bored. I play Modern Warfare 2 all day. <laughs> I play Modern Warfare all day. <laughs> I just want to practice. And I think closed-door matches are the way to go for the short term. <laughs> It's got to be. We got to come back. It sounds like Bundesliga next month, maybe. I'm, I'm really hoping for something. And Bundesliga would be a great one to come back because top of that table was sweet. If you if they come back first, they're going to get the most – all the viewers. Yeah. The only people that the only people you can watch. I mean you can watch uh, Belarus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that bored. Yeah. I don't think I'm that bored. <laughs> yeah, not yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's sad. I hope you guys come back soon. Um, yeah. Again, we really appreciate you coming on. We'll be rooting for you when the season does come back. Thank we'll definitely, definitely follow along. Thank you. I'll keep following the page. I like what I see. All right. Yeah. Yeah. If uh, if you get bored again, anytime, anytime you want to yeah. come on, because uh, we'll start talk. Well, as soon as Bundesliga comes back, we'll have regular regular episodes again. So Sweet. happy to have Sweet. you. You know. Awesome. Yeah. Happy to be back. I I like it. All right. Cool. You're, you're fun to talk to. Thanks, Logan. Gotcha. You are too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Later. All right. Have a good one.
to Rooster and the Devil. Thank you for listening to Rooster and